episode 3 of the new indian woman podcast in today's episode i am happy to welcome mala giridhar a clinical psychologist by profession mala comes from the beautiful forest town of sirsi in karnataka today she will take us through her own journey of starting from being nervous of any guest coming home to presently having an open home and farm where students from many schools and colleges come to stay and experience living differently of running a passion project by the side and many more interesting things so now over to mala mala welcome to this new indian woman podcast thank you so much we're happy to have you here happy to be here so could you please introduce yourself to the listeners and when you introduce talk about your primary roles that you perform and some passion projects and hobbies that you are engaged in okay so i'm mala and uh, i come from a background which i feel was very privileged i grew up in bombay uh, now mumbai attended a very nice school as a child and then a uh, good college as an adolescent i got to go to the university of mumbai and luckily had some very inspiring teachers i think i got to experience life uh, in a comfortable and yet stimulating uh, university environment however while growing up in the city of mumbai and faced with the several challenges despite mumbai being such a vibrant and wonderful city uh, the lack of clean air good water the lack of adequate nature around us and uh, it certain experiences during childhood of having lived in the western ghats during the vacation encouraged me to try moving from a big city to a small town and this is where i have been in since the past almost 23 to 24 years yeah so once i came here when i got uh, certain things happened simultaneously uh, in my life like uh, finished post graduation uh, met my uh, partner and now husband uh, at nimhans so got an opportunity to uh collaborate with him and collaborate on life and on several several projects that we now do together yeah so being here has been several things at the same time it has been wonderful because we live in a which in an environment that i feel sometimes is heaven on earth the natural environment we live in the midst of a very rich socio cultural milieu art forms food different types of theater music and it's extremely vibrant so it has been very enriching it has also been very challenging in certain ways that we will cover during the interview i hope and uh, once i got here i think uh the most primary role till very recently i felt my primary role was that of a mother and as a homemaker because we have given together along with my husband 
uh, we have given our home a lot of importance and now as my daughter is growing into a full adult i can see myself stepping out of this role more and more i can also see that this need to play this role as a mother is so much out of my own identification with my child and i recognize how harmful this is to both of us uh the home along with my husband who takes on this role seamlessly so between both of us the homemaker role just shifts between me and him very easily and all responsibilities get managed with support from amazing domestic help as a mental health professional i practice along with my husband who is a psychiatrist and uh, i practice for two days for six hours like three hours in the morning and three hours in the evening um, and the benefit of staying is in, in a small town is i get to come home no traveling time <laughs> the biggest perk of being in a small town so i get home in the afternoon have a good meal a good afternoon rest and then get back to the clinic so this happens for two days and uh, over a period of time the needs the mental health needs of the community as they showed up in the clinic especially with respect to uh, disability intellectual disability and certain mild forms of physical disability and the needs of uh, the school going children adolescents college going children and adolescents we run two projects that we work on so the rest of the days in the week uh, i use for these two particular projects yeah so this is my life here and uh, we have uh, a fairly good social life very good neighbors some good friends yeah so this is what my life is about here <laughs> wonderful it is picture perfect so tell me we are interested to know more about your projects could you share a little more about the projects yeah sure so while we practiced in our clinic we saw uh, like any community uh, approximately 1 to 2% of the population suffers from some or the other form of disability and uh, there is this whole area of intellectual disability which is also earlier been referred to as mental retardation uh there are different levels of this disability mild moderate severe and profound and uh, while the severe and profound disabled need a lot of home care there is the mild and moderate uh disabled people who can come out of their homes and given the proper support and caring environment they can also become contributing members of society contributing not only to the society but also to themselves in terms of their upkeep their physical psychological social well-being uh unfortunately the way our society is structured these people re- remain hidden and kept away it's a challenge to integrate them into the day to day life and uh, work that we all go about because we live in an age of 
doing things more quickly, better, swiftly, faster and so on and on. So very few opportunities remain for these uh, people to work and uh, find a way to support themselves. So uh, a few years ago, approximately 11 years ago, uh, in our hospital, we started a place where these people could start engaging with making small products as small as newspaper packets. And just in a few months, we saw that the impact this had, this activity had on their well-being in terms of providing them a routine, providing them some opportunity for social interaction, providing them uh, a sense of having contributed to something, however small it is, small in our eyes, but probably for them, they were doing whatever was in their capacity to do. So we realized that this was of value and we mm, took this up in a major way and uh, we have, over the period of 11 years, we have now expanded into a, uh, an occupational rehabilitation center where we have around 30 people with different types of disability. We have two vehicles that pick them up from their houses, that drop them back to their homes because they are not capable of uh, moving uh, between their home and the workshop by themselves. We now have a, we started with paper packets that we now have a range of products. We work with a locally available resource, which is banana fiber. And uh, we also have in this team, several volunteers from the community who volunteer their time and effort. And also sometimes other resources like money or food. Everyone at the center has uh, a good nutritious midday meal. Uh, all of these people are trained to perform the activity that they are capable of doing. Each of these people has a bank account in their name and based on their regularity and work, they get paid a stipend. We, we now have a range of products and luckily we have a very good marketing support in Bangalore who uh, has coordinated, has helped us set this up like a business. Uh, it is a social enterprise where the primary motive is not profit, but just mere sustenance, sustainable uh, maintenance of this entire project. Uh, we have a few more milestones to be completely sustainable. But I think over the past 11 years, with the help of friends, supporters from the community, uh, this is a project which, uh, which I think uh, every town should have so that the people with challenges in a particular town can be taken care of in a healthy manner. Wonderful. And uh, for the listeners, we will give links to more details about this organization also for you to refer. Yeah. And Mala, how about the second project? Another project that is right now in its in conception, it's, it's, uh, it's an idea that is still growing. So this is again frequently, very frequently these days. Uh, we have very little clients children 
being brought uh, into our uh, mental health center. Uh, the name of our hospital is Mandira, where we have uh, uh, outpatient as well as inpatient services available for those who want to seek mental health services. So more and more over the past few, several years actually, we have children being brought in with a range of complaints. Uh, this may be as simple as insufficient academic performance in school. Sometimes children who are getting into temper tantrums, major temper tantrums that may even involve something like breaking stuff at home, breaking the windows, glass panes, and uh, being absolutely unmanageable. Uh, young children, even adolescents, or sometimes even very early adolescents who are into addiction problems, uh, substance abuse, also addiction to mobile, addiction to TV, and parents not knowing how to deal with it. So in response to these problems, we, around three years ago, uh, with the help of some more uh, individuals who are trained in the field of uh, psychology, uh, very young men and women who have finished their uh, MA in clinical psychology or who have just finished their graduation or post-graduation in any subject, we decided to focus, uh, we, we decided to have learning centers where we will focus on psychological aspects of a child's learning, especially those aspects that may get left out in school. So to give you an example, body and sexuality. So as the child is growing into an adolescent and there are several changes happening within the body, sexuality is emerging and the child is not sure how to deal with these changes that are happening. And there is so much of overwhelming stimuli through the mobile, through the TV. So we want to help the child as well as the parents address these things. Uh, or also sometimes there are difficulties in reading, writing, comprehension, contextualizing the learning material. And these difficulties could be because of individual deficits, within the child, for example, dyslexia, or it could even be deficits due to social circumstances. For example, we are trying to work with a community which is a colony of municipality workers. So the day-to-day -day life and background of these municipality workers is in some ways not conducive to academic learning or to learning which will help them move up. When I say the social ladder, not necessarily in terms of uh, um, social class, but in terms of bettering their quality of life, in terms of uh, better understanding of their bodies, of their situations, of earning a little more. So we want to cover this ground. Yeah, this is about the, the education and learning project that we operate. Yes, nice to hear about both these projects. And I'm also aware, Mala, that you keep visiting many educational institutions, you know, outside of CRC, you travel a lot. Yeah. So I want to just shift gears to this other aspect, which is about your own 
uh, journey as an individual and especially as a woman during this whole process because when you talk about say 11 years back and now you were discussing your daughter's age so it i would presume that is you know in terms of very demanding time for a woman uh the last 10 to 15 years would have been extremely demanding in terms of having a young um child at home in terms of all the roles demanding its most from a woman so could you just uh, touch upon those aspects in terms of your own individual journey of a woman trying to just not about balancing work and home alone here it is in addition to work you have also chosen multiple projects right so all of them it is not even mm. about fixed timings these these things the nature of such things when they evolve are very different and so is a growing daughter mm. so could you just touch upon how that experience was yeah so i think everything started because of a lot of enthusiasm and a need within me to keep responding to each of these challenges as they showed up in my work the inspiration i think comes from uh uh family teachers subject the faith in the subject that this can improve uh life for us and for others it started from that and there have been times when it has been extremely exhausting and uh uh relooking at whether this is really worth it but then the answer has always been that yes it is worth it because at one level somebody has to do it and unfortunately in our country i think i really believe that the government does not adequately respond to these needs that uh, communities have and uh, since uh, we have had so many privileges of having been comfortable of having enough resources the value has been that we should spend our time energy money uh, effort in working towards these and i guess it has been encouraging also because people have encouraged it uh, family has encouraged it when the challenges have come up in terms of exhaustion it has been very helpful to have family members both husband as well as daughter who have uh, done what they could do at a particular point of time in terms of taking on responsibilities at home uh providing the support needed at times when that the, when that support has not been there i think i have consciously um, expressed it that it gets very difficult if that support is not there and i think people have uh, i don't know to what extent that has disturbed them but uh, people have uh, people around me have cooperated and i think that matters i like that i like that especially because there is a you know i would again uh, when we look back at many most of our uh, earlier generation our parents generation uh, maybe there was this notion of like okay you have to manage your yourselves but what i hear from you is at times when you felt 
there was this need for help yeah. and you felt you know i should call out for that help yeah. you know th- i understand there's an intention amongst the family to help yes. but at certain times you feel that i need more help yeah. you were saying that you used to state it yeah. and i think it's very important because many a times uh, the tendency in women and especially indian women is to like you know okay i have to sacrifice i yeah. have to i have to somehow manage it and keeping the help required part to be like kept yeah. inside our mind and still feel angry about it or helpless about it and yeah. somehow trying to become a superwoman whereas many a times it simply requires yeah. asking for help giving it a try you know and many it yeah. is not yeah. always that people will say no yeah. when you ask for help is when you realize there is so much yeah. more help that is available to you yeah yeah the it is available i would like to bring in two three aspects here because they are psychological aspects and also something that is very important mm-hmm. so we keep doing till we get exhausted and when we get exhausted and we can't take it any more are also the times when we get very irritated right and usually this ask for help does not come as a a uh, beautiful courteous will you please true, help me true. it can come out in a very frustrating way and it can lead to a lot of it can also be an expression of anger because we have been trying to do our best and then in a state of exhaustion it gets expressed yes so at that time i feel women have to understand first of all recognize like i have uh, it has been pointed out to me often that my way of expression has been a uh, little harsh or uh, very harsh or i don't know how to express it has taken a lot of guts to stay put in my position that if i'm if i am at a point of exhaustion then it is going to be like mm-hmm. that and uh, at this, at this point of time i would like to point to the force of habit in the other members mm-hmm. like i think habit is very forceful and if you are not used to uh putting in as much effort uh then the self of the other person also is tra- trying to protect themselves in several ways in multiple right. ways then it can lead to some friction and some kind of a, a, a loss of family uh peace mm-hmm. but we have to look at these as temporary right uh, because bec- we, there is always scope to uh, if everywhere else in the outside environment as colleagues as acquaintances we put up our best front. correct if we cannot express our frustrations within the family then it is not a healthy environment there should be scope for expression of frustration and scope for listening to each True. other yeah well put so um tell me what has been some of the biggest challenges that you have faced mm. and um, how you overcame that mm. and here again i uh, i want you to touch upon two things like mm. biggest challenges you face as an individual and biggest challenges you face as a woman okay so one of the biggest challenges i think i have faced as a woman is keeping my faith in expression sometimes strong expression 
dissent disagreement i grew up in a, a fairly i would say quite a liberal family environment and in a place like mumbai where you could speak your mind and 23 years ago this small town uh, was not even as open as it is today so a lot of men whom i have worked with i'm sure have had difficulty in uh, mm-hmm. communicating with this with a woman who was as open as i am i think over okay. the years unfortunately um, i would like to not mellow down on this part but i feel certain social adjustments have mellowed me down to some extent but um, i am aware that this is not very healthy mm-hmm. i am still in the process of figuring out uh, how much to accommodate and how much to not let go uh, this, this has been one of my most challenging mm-hmm. things and that's a very interesting perspective because very often we hear about you know especially in the last 20 years yeah. people from small towns coming to the cities yeah and broadening their horizon yeah. so to speak uh, you know in terms of many taboos and many cultural societal norms getting relaxed because they've come to a city yeah. so you are talking about the exact opposite because you're coming from a city to the small town you want to leverage whatever uh, the upbringing in a city gave you but at the same time without uh, ruffling feathers here without hurting people here and making sure your identity is not lost in the process yeah yeah because it's very very easy see we live in a culture where we take on these social roles like wife husband daughter whatever we are playing like my role as a member of this community and uh, there is a very dynamic social milieu that is demanding most of us will agree that with the global opening up of ideas and commodities it is getting more and more challenging to navigate relationships and demands on time and resources and yet sticking to social norms that has been put in place in a different era is also not the answer Mm-hmm. finding ways to handle the challenges that come up in terms of uh, social expectations and yet mm-hmm. not narrowing down ourselves at the same time i think is a very big challenge in today's episode we covered part 1 of our interview with mala the clinical psychologist from sirsi next week in episode 4 We will listen to the second part of our discussion with her. Hope you found many sections of this discussion extremely relevant for you in your journey as a new Indian woman as you discover yourself. Remember, you are what you want to be and the time starts now.